Welcome to the St. Edward's Podcast, a church filled with the Holy Spirit. We hope that today's words will draw you closer to Christ Jesus. The Old Testament is full of stories, adventure, violence, faith, and struggle. It is a story of God's interaction and love for mankind and how humans respond to that love. The Old Testament has been loved by many over the centuries, and it has also been hated. It has been deeply misunderstood and misinterpreted. In fact, it was in the second century that Marcion was charged as one of the first heretics of the church, believing in the New Testament portrayal of God, but rejecting the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament. Because Marcion and his followers believed the wrathful God of the Old Testament was a lower deity than the forgiving God of the New Testament. And although we may be, not be willing to go as far as the heretic Marcion, of course we certainly don't want to follow his lead on this, some of us have the same struggle. Understanding a God of love and forgiveness with the seemingly vengeful and wrathful God of the Old Testament. But the tradition of the church throughout the centuries and through today is that the God of the Old Testament is the same God as the New Testament. The same God of grace and love in the New Testament is the same God of grace and love in the Old Testament. The same God who hates sin in the Old Testament is the same God who hates sin in the New Testament. And a careful reading of the Old and New Testaments reveal that God is the same in both. And one of the ways this oneness of God in both Testaments is shown is by reading through the lens of covenants, understanding the covenants of the Old Testament. And so we're going to do that a bit today. In Old Testament culture, Covenants ruled the day. It was how people groups would understand each other. Covenants were established between kings. And although there were different kinds of covenants, they had certain things in common. Now, normally, they were agreements made between two groups of people or two persons. But these groups were not equal. For example, a conquered people and the conquering king they weren't on equal terms, or royalty and a tribe of people within his kingdom. Often covenants had conditions, including blessings and curses. If you do this, you will be blessed. If you fail to do this, you will be cursed. Now, God, just as he does today, speaks the language of the day. And in the Old Testament, God makes covenants with his people. Way back in Genesis chapter 9, God makes a covenant with all people. It's right after the flood, and Noah and his family and the animals are leaving the ark. And God said to Noah, Behold, I establish my covenant with you and your offspring, after you and with, after you and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the livestock, and every beast of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark, it is for every beast of the earth. I establish my covenant with you that never again 
shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And then God consecrates the rainbow as a sign of this covenant. It is a covenant with all people and all animals. And it finds its validity purely in God's faithfulness. Now, the next covenant God makes is also in Genesis, and it's with Abraham. God said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God promises to make Abraham's descendants into a great nation, and that all the families of the earth will be blessed. So what was required of Abram? To leave his country the comforts of home and family, what he's known all of his life, and to a place that God will show him. Basically, what God required was faith. This Abrahamic covenant focused on a family, the family of Abraham, and that family grew. But God has in mind all people. All the families of the earth will be blessed. Some 400 years later, fast forward, we find God making another covenant, and this time with Moses and the Israelites, known as the Mosaic Covenant. This covenant contained the laws of the Old Testament, all 613 of them. In the book of Exodus, God says, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation." Now, this covenant, this third one, clearly had conditions. God counts his people as a treasured possession, and the people of God had to keep the laws of the Old Testament. But even here, there is an emphasis among all people and all the earth. Well, the people did not live up and follow God's commands. They didn't live up to the covenant and therefore broke the Mosaic covenant. But that doesn't mean that God had failed to redeem his people. A fourth covenant, another 400 years later than after Moses, this time with David, King David. It's known as the Davidic covenant. And God said to King David, when your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. Here God gives unconditional covenant to David. For your offspring will come a forever king. There's a forever king coming, David. This is the promise God made to him. A king whose reign will never end. And this was fulfilled in Jesus as we hear every Christmas season, when the angel Gabriel announced the coming of Jesus to Mary, the angel said to her after he said, don't be afraid, and explained what was going on, the angel Gabriel said, he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom 
there will be no end. St. Gabriel's clearly referring back to Jeremiah 31, to uh, the Davidic covenant. So we have four covenants in the Old Testament. To Noah, God said, I will not destroy all people and all animals. To Abraham, God said, I will build a people to bless all people. To Moses, God said, if my people keep my commands, they will be blessed, of which God's people failed time and again. And then fourth, to David, God said, there is a forever king coming. And yet, there's one more covenant. Our first reading today from Jeremiah 31. We read these words. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. So God is saying he's, he's going to make a new covenant. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. So there's this new covenant that is coming, but not like the Mosaic covenant. This one is different. And so here's the description of the new covenant. Jeremiah said, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. This new covenant that is prophesied to be coming in Jeremiah 31 is the New Testament, the new covenant established in the life of Christ, specifically during Holy Week, the death and resurrection of Jesus. The new covenant began on the hill of Calvary. Jesus was the propitiation for our sins. Jesus was the sacrifice that atoned for our sins. Jesus did not come to abolish the law, as he says on the Sermon on the Mount, but to fulfill them. To make possible this new covenant that was predicted way back in the book of Jeremiah. And this covenant was not written on stone, but on our hearts. It is about knowing. Is it about a relationship with God made possible because of the work of Christ Jesus and the ministry of his spirit. As St. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, the people of God written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts, such as the confidence that we have through Christ toward God God has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, a new covenant of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Paul was referring right back to Jeremiah 31. And when we enter this new covenant, the Spirit of God fills our life. We enter this covenant by faith. We enter because of God's grace. We enter the covenant by revelation that we are sinners in need of God's redemption. We enter a heart relationship with God. Our sacramental language reflects this covenant, this heart relationship. As the words we all hear before we receive the goodness of God in communion, 
the celebrant says these words, the gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. This is the new covenant that we participate in. We are in a covenant relationship with God. And if you understand one thing about the Old Testament, understand this. God is faithful. God is faithful to redeem his people that are called by his name. He has made a way for us, a new covenant, through Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Today, rest in God's faithfulness of our covenant God. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this conversation today. We will continue to pray that our teachings are impacting you for the kingdom of God. If you'd like to learn more about our community, you can find us on stedwardsepiscopal.com or on Facebook. And of course, we'd love for you to visit us in beautiful Mount Dora. May God's grace fill you as you go in peace.